listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Good morning, everybody. This is the Apollo Network. We've got the new college baseball podcast, The Road to Omaha, with me, Stoney Says, and we got my buddy over here, Apollo Des. We're going to be here talking about college baseball on the Apollo Podcast Network. But uh, Des, how you doing? I'm doing good, brother, man. How are you? I'm, I'm just living the dream. We got college baseball. We got chaos. We got kids on the mound just talking mad shit to the people in the dugout across from them. It's, it's a hell of the last three weeks, and it's only going to get better from here. Absolutely. I think um, we're seeing a lot more energy this year than we've seen in years of past. Just a lot of passion throughout the regular season where, I mean, if you get into supers and, and the college world series, obviously you see teams just, you know, itching and crawling and, and throwing, throwing balls and gloves all around the place and some pimp jobs and all that. But we're seeing that right now, the regular season, it's a, uh, it's super cool to see these kids uh, do the damn thing early and often here. Yeah. So college baseball has always been, something that I paid attention to growing up and everything. And then eventually I went on and to Mississippi state and I started working for the baseball team and you can see the passion. You can see the fans, you can see the grills in the back uh, of the outfield and Mississippi state and the smokes coming over to the outfield and everything. You can see the passion that lives in the sport, but it doesn't ever get any traction with fans outside of the sport. So people don't see things on Twitter very often. People don't tweet about it. They don't blog about it. They don't podcast about it. So that's what we're trying to do here with the Road to Omaha podcast on the Apollo podcast network. And you can see some people like Jared Carabas and Big T of Barcelona Sports. They're just starting to get into it. But once the MLB starts, Carabas isn't going to care about college baseball. He may tweet a bunch of videos about Virginia Tech with a sledgehammer when they hit a home run and they come in and they boom it right on the field. It's the coolest thing ever. But is Carabas going to care in four weeks when MLB is going to start? I don't think he is. What do you think, Des? No, I think I think uh, I think there's going to be a, a gap in the marketplace where the Road to Omaha podcast is going to be able to fill that void uh, with content, with blogs. Uh, that's a great thing about uh, Apollo is being able to do whatever we want and uh, you know make make things happen. And when when I when I came up with uh, the concept and, and and when Josh was with me and some of the other guys, when we were thinking about Apollo, like college baseball and college athletics was always going to be there. Um, obviously we had to get off the ground with Astros and, and Houston sports, but college sports is what I live for. If it's, if it's football in the falls in Austin, or if it's at, uh, you know, going to Omaha and watching these guys play to, to bring a championship home. Like I live and die for college sports. And I think this is the best month because you have March Madness coming up. You got conference play about coming up in with with college ball, and then you have baseball. You know we're hopefully kicking off here soon. So I love the month of March when it comes to sports because we have a plethora of baseball, and I fucking love it. College baseball is a behemoth, and people don't realize it. We both live in the South. You live in Texas. I live in Alabama. So baseball is very relevant in our states but up north the baseball doesn't it's not as popular in college baseball like UConn's and 
Boston colleges and all these teams that are really good, but doesn't, don't ever get any recognition. So that's kind of the plan here is to start getting recognition for the teams that don't get any recognition while also making sure that we talk about Vandy and Arkansas and Texas and TCU and all these teams that are always going to Omaha or always in the running at the super regionals and just want to win away from Omaha. So that's the plan here. And now Des, I'd like to get your word about how you became a college baseball fan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by now, you know, or the fans that listen, I live and die with my Longhorns and it's been a lot of dying over the last decade. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to hit a baseball fairly decent and went to a small NAIA school and played college ball. But before that, uh, before uh, in my prep days, I was a catcher and I actually committed to TCU right before they made their runs to uh, to Omaha. And so it was the days of like before Perk was there and, and all the guys right right before they started making those those as you know now, normal runs to Omaha, what TCU does. So that was really cool. And and the guys that I got to play with in high school, um, my best friends for life, they, they were top prospects where I just got to hang around with them. I was I was the ugly duckling, but I was, was always with them. And so I got to um, got to go on these visits with them to Texas, and I got to meet Augie. I got to meet Skip and just hang out and do workouts with those guys and to – step on the field at the University of Texas and watch Augie Garrido watch you take BP. It's a very special uh, moment I'll have forever. Uh, I was never, ever, ever going to be good enough to play at the University of Texas. I knew that. But uh, my buddies that that played there or actually went to the draft and, and skipped out of going to Texas, and that's what has plagued Texas for a long time, uh, to see them play and my other buddy went to Oklahoma state. I mean, all my, all, all, all these guys, all these dudes uh, to see them play at that level was always something really cool. Um, but before that, my obviously baseball has been in our family forever. So uh, I love the concept of uh, living and dying uh, the, in professional sports, you know, the dog days of summer, you know, the, those games, they don't really mean much. It's just like you were just getting through the, these games where the college sports, you know, if you lose a, a lose a big series late, like that, that's going to affect your seating in, in regionals. If you even make a regional and that's, it's all about a chess game at that point where every game matters because it's all about setting up for that road to Omaha. So that's what I love. Just the passion of the sport. And I, I fell in love with Texas really early on. They've been my school. I've been running and dying with them. Obviously they are, uh, college baseball, uh, a blue blood that hasn't been able to lift the trophy. Um, they've, they've been there a couple of times. Clemens almost single-handedly got them there. But uh, it's it's been really cool to see the development of the sport. I think with the growth of social media and these kids having their own uh, social platform to show off the sick plays, to show off these – absolute moonshots and, and their pimp jobs and, and all that. I think it's, we're in a really, really cool spot and I'm super excited to see what the uh, road to home up pod and what we do at Apollo with the blogs throughout the season. Um, just super excited for that. Yeah. So similar to you, my family grew up watching baseball. So my grandpa is a big baseball guy. My dad is a big football guy. So growing up, I watched the Miami Dolphins on Sundays. That's that's what we did. That's the sport that I paid attention to. 
But the more I got to hang out with my grandpa, the more I learned about the past baseball players. So he was a big Atlanta Braves fan, and he saw Hank Aaron play at a few different um, Atlanta Braves stadiums. So he's been to the two of the three Atlanta Braves stadiums. So I heard stories about Hank Aaron. But for some reason, the most stories I heard was about Rafael Palmero, who actually played at Mississippi State. So I did not grow up a Mississippi State fan. I grew up a Florida Gator fan because of my grandpa. I don't know why he's a Gator fan. Couldn't tell you, but I grew up. I got to watch Tim Tebow. All those guys won national championships, and they won national championships in basketball, and they're really good at baseball. So it's a really easy team to root for, have no ties to them other than my grandpa liked them. So when they won the national championship back in 2017, that was a really cool moment because we got to watch them together. We got to watch them do the dog pile in the middle of Omaha and Rosenblatt. So it's a really cool feeling to watch college baseball and have your team win, but it's an even more special feeling when you end up going to a school that loves college baseball. And eventually I ended up going to Mississippi state for about two and a half, yeah, two and a half years. So I ended up working for the baseball team and that's when you kind of understand what's baseball down South and Mississippi and Alabama and all these places. It's different. It hits a lot different, especially in the dude duty noble field. That's where Mississippi state plays. It's completely different than any experience you'll get watching any sports. So in the outfield, they got grills, they have refrigerators, people are grilling meats. You got sausages, you got briskets, you got stuff. And then the smoke is going over the outfield walls onto the outfield and the center fielders and the left fielders. They're talking to people in the stands all the time. It's the craziest thing. Like it's not a baseball game. It's a social event. Yeah. There just has to be baseball playing at the, at the same time. Yeah. Right. So I got there at the beginning of 2018 in Mississippi state, this baseball team, they got coach Andy Canizero from LSU. He's this big new hot shot. He's going to do great things for this program, yada, yada, yada. First week, they go out and lose. They get swept by Southern Miss, our little brother. You can't do that. You can't get swept by Southern Miss at Mississippi State. Well, it turns out Canizero had a whole cheating scandal and whatnot with his wife and got fired right on Tuesday morning, right after that series. So baseball team, gone to shit. They're 500 in the middle of the season. All, all hope is lost. Got swept by Vandy at home. And then all of a sudden, something clicked. And they just went on this run that I've never seen before in sports. And it was kind of like the Washington Nationals in 2019, where they just kind of flipped a switch in the middle of the season, and all of a sudden, they right. ran the World Series. Now, Mississippi State didn't win in Omaha, but they went on this run. They swept Florida at the end of the season to get into the SEC tournament. That's all they – they had to win all three games to get in the SEC tournament. They get in the SEC tournament. They win a few more walk-offs. Then they go to the regional and Elijah McNamee hits his home run with two strikes, two outs, bottom of the ninth, down one. They score two runs. They win. They win that regional. Then they go on to Vandy. They win two out of three at Vandy in Nashville. And they go to Omaha with two walk-off wins. It's the craziest thing. So college baseball has always intrigued me. I played MVP college baseball 2005 on my PlayStation Goat. 2. Go it's to game. The best game ever. And now that NCAA sports are coming back, there's a chance. I hope so. There's a chance. That's all I'm saying. But that's what I grew up playing. And you can create your own ballpark. You can play with, you can create your own players and whatnot. So I play with Mississippi State just playing around with Will Clark and Rafael Palmero. I just created them, number six yeah. and 25 or whatever Clark wore. But college baseball is an experience. It's, it's different because you went to that school. You have a passion for that school. Therefore, you have that passion for that team. So we're just hoping to spread some love for college baseball because they don't get a lot of love. D1 baseball does a great job, but they're behind yeah, a, a paywall. There's that's a, there's that's a really good thing, but 
there's definitely a gap in the marketplace and there's, there's a lot of good guys that, you know, put in a lot of, a lot of great work to highlight these guys and not uh, it's us also doing that as well. It's us not, you know, trying to compete with them. It's just trying to get more of a spotlight on it because like you said, sports in general, college sports in general in the South is a religious experience. Like it's, it's literally, um, if, if, if you go to a game in the South, it is life or death. It feels like for fans. And that's what like the energy it brings. It's, it's something that you don't get at a, you know, Astros Oakland game. And on August 1st, you know, like every single series is huge. And like with you being an sec guy and me, you know, championing for the big 12, uh, we're spoiled a bit because, you know, at least those respective conferences in the South, you know, they, they get some recognition, but it's the people, like you said, up in the Northeast and, the, the boys out in, in the West on the West coast. If you know, if it's not UCLA or USC uh, it's, it's getting looked upon um, by everyone else. So I think it's a really cool, I think this idea that we thought of uh, really just over the last couple of weeks, I know that we, we talked about it before, but like all putting it together on the backside for Apollo as people are the people listening, like this came together really quick. And um, obviously the season's three weeks in and um it was all about, hey, let's let's get this going as soon as we can. I know Astro season's coming up. We have all these other, you know, obligations. But I was like, this is this is what we need to do because uh, this is past weekend. U of H in Texas played at U of H, and it was absolutely electric. And and that was with no fans. It was just my parents being there. So uh, as the season goes on and as the road to Omaha uh, comes into uh, into focus. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some some players on some some people some key personnel and, and just keep this going for the fans to get really excited for that uh that road to Omaha yeah the road to Omaha every year is a grind and it's a lot of fun so we're going to be here the whole season we're going to be recapping a bunch of stuff and up next we're going to be talking about how the top 25 did this past weekend reviews in uh we're gonna go on and, and discuss the top 25 and how they fared on the weekend uh we're gonna run down if you're listening uh, it is march 7th these are the rankings from week three we're gonna run down uh the top 25 and then what they did this weekend um starting off one of the country arkansas two vanderbilt three stoney's mississippi state bulldogs I'll have to do a recount on that. I think he, he <laughs> hacked the system. Uh, Ole Miss at four, Louisville at five, Florida at six, UC Santa Barbara at seven, UCLA at eight, Miami at nine, Texas Tech at 10. Uh, following Tech, it's uh, LSU, Georgia Tech, TCU, South Carolina, Oklahoma State. That's the one through 15. Uh, Virginia, East Carolina. Tennessee, Texas, Oregon State, rounding out the top 20. And then 21, Florida Atlantic, Boston College, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. That's your top 25 for week three. We had two uh, top 25 matchups this week. We had Virginia Tech versus North Carolina, Louisville versus Georgia Tech. Um, starting off at, at the leadoff spot, Arkansas, they went 3-0. and uh, They obviously looked dominant. Vandy, 3-0, and looked dominant. Uh, Mississippi State two and one dropped game two, but had a no hitter on uh, game three. 
that's pretty cool. We'll touch on that here in a second. Ole Miss three and oh, they're doing Ole Miss things. Louisville dropped two and three uh, to Georgia Tech. That's a uh, we'll probably see them drop out of out probably out of the top ten uh, with that. Florida two and oh. UC Santa Barbara, see you later. You're out of the top 10. You guys went 0-3 on the weekend. Um, not great. UCLA went 3-0. Miami went 2-1. Shout out Manny, his boys. Texas Tech did the thing here in Houston with 3-0. LSU. LSU. We're going to call them <laughs> early fraud alert. 1-2, and two, uh, losing to Oral Roberts. Georgia Tech, 2-1. TCU. Two and one, South Carolina three and zero, Oklahoma State two zero and one. They had a, a, a tie in game three due to um, travel. They had to call the game due to curfew. Uh, Virginia not looking good. Went one and two. East Carolina and Tennessee each went three and zero. Texas down in Houston went two and one. Oregon State two and zero. Florida Atlantic went one and one. Boston College went two and one. West Virginia did not play due to COVID. Uh, Virginia Tech two and one and North Carolina one and two. Uh, Stony, let's start off with your boys, the number three team in the country, going two and one and a no hitter today. Yeah, so Friday night starter Christian McLeod, he uh, he got a little smacked around. He only had one and two thirds inning, I think, to start the game, and they ended up coming back to Bats World Cup. They won eight to three or something like that. They they did just fine on Friday night. Saturday. The exact opposite happened. The starter didn't come out and get out of the first two innings. And then Kent State, they've been averaging eight runs a game this entire season. And they came in because of some cancellations. So Mississippi State was supposed to play Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech ran into some COVID issues. And then Kent State was supposed to play someone else. And they ran into some COVID issues. So they ended up meeting together on Wednesday afternoon I think before Mississippi State played Southern Miss in the midweek and they came to an agreement and Kent State was in the dude in Starkville and they came and played they they put some barrels on some balls they had 10 plus hits the other night and they looked like a really good team and then today Jackson Fristo freshman had he started uh game three over in Arlington the first weekend against Texas Tech and he came out and he played really well he had four no-hit innings that game but today was something special he threw six perfect innings wow. he, only, he only had 88 pitches I think but the thing that Chris Chris Limonis Mississippi State head coach said after the game is that he's got a career the, the no-hitter would have been cool if he had pitched the next three innings and he had a perfect game whatever but there's a career there's money to be made there's more games for Mississippi State to be played so the that's the most important part. And Mississippi State, these pitchers came in, Landon Sims and Ken Tuller and all these other guys, and they had four guys throw up no-hitter against Kent State who had been averaging eight runs a game before Sunday's matchup. So it was a big win for Mississippi State. They won the series two and one. That's all you can really ask for against a really high-powered offense, um, and you have a really deep pitching staff. So they did well. They had a bad Saturday, but it is what it is. Two and one, it's not bad. If you go two and one in every series for the rest of the season, you're going to be ecstatic as an SEC, Big 12, Pac-12 fan. You're going to be pretty pretty amped up if you go two and one every weekend. So I'm not disappointed by that. The bats looked really good. The veterans looked really good. So Mississippi State did just fine. They did what they needed to do. They'll probably still be in the top five. They may drop a um, place 
but if you're in the top five, it's not going to matter. Yeah, I think I think this year, especially with with COVID cut, cutting last year's season short, and then you had um, the draft being cut short, so you had like this. Each team almost feels like a super team because you have a you had an incoming freshman class of recruits. You have all these guys returning and getting extra years of eligibility. So every almost seems like every roster is just an all star team and is bloated. So I think a lot of a lot of coaches early on are, are trying to figure out what's the best way to get uh, optimal wins and an optimal lineup. And I think that's the biggest hurdle. And that's where the cream's going to rise to the top with these coaches where you have such a all-star team, but you set the, you have to get the right guys in there. And so, um, you know, the Arkies, Vandy, uh, Ole Miss, you see all these, these teams going three and zero early on Texas tech. I think they're just doing what they do. And that's just, that's just win. They just, they just win early on. If it's, if it's not an SEC or Big 12 conference play, like these guys are just going to lean on these on these non-conference uh, opponents and, and oppose their will. Um, really interesting was seeing UC Santa Barbara getting swept, uh, the number seven team in the, in the country. Uh, that's a uh, that that one hurts really really early on. Uh, Louisville dropping two, uh, even though it was a uh, to the number 12 team in the country. Um, and then you had, you know, North Carolina and Virginia tech and, and North Carolina as a, the fringe top 25 dropping two, they're probably going to drop out, but there was a lot of good baseball this weekend. I, I think uh, we saw that we saw the, a ton of bat flips on, on the, on the, in the Twitter sphere, but just all around just good baseball. And that's something that I love to see um, good team wins uh, teams, offense, picking up their pitchers or, or pitchers, picking up the offense um but i mean what what stood out for you stoney in, in this week's top 25 like you said number 17 uh uc santa barbara got swept by unranked oregon so the last thing that stands out to me in the top 25 is the lsu series losing to oral roberts they lost two out of three at home in the box one of the toughest places to play in the nation let alone the sec those fans down there are rabid and oral roberts marched down there and put up 22 runs on LSU on Friday night, 22. Not great. For 22 LSU. runs. So you, you hate to see that with uh, the SEC West counterpart over there in Louisiana. You just hate to see him do that to themselves. 22 runs. It's rough. It's not great, but we they know. picked it up and they, they put a spanking on Oral Roberts on Saturday and then Oral Roberts came back and won three, one on Sunday. Like you got to win the rubber match against those kinds of teams. We uh we have our very own LSU Cam and uh, he was sweating all weekend. I think he knew it was gonna happen too because he prefaced the message on Friday. He's like, "This is a series that this this is gonna happen," but I think he was just kind of protecting himself. And Cam, if you're listening now, like, yeah, you really hate to see LSU drop two in the box. You just you hate to see it. Yeah, he was he was putting it in our group chat and he's like LSU starter just went down in the first inning. Like he gave up five or six runs, whatever, something stupid. In the first two innings, I think they were down eight nothing. And then all of a sudden it was an eight-six game. It yeah. was madness the first three innings. It was absolute chaos. And then I was like, this this is gonna be one of the games where Cam and all the LSU counterparts would be able to be like, look at us, we're the we're the greatest team ever. You gave a eight, you know, eight run lead uh, to Oral Roberts and came back. Because I definitely thought they'd win like 22 to 8. But Oral Roberts, shout out to them. They, they took care of business, went in and, and took two or three. That's, uh, 
that's a always a great uh, thing to do. And they got Oklahoma State at home on Tuesday, so they may they may just uh, knock out some some top twenty five teams. Yeah, and then lastly, the the top six: Arkansas, Vandy, Ole Miss, Louisville, Florida. I'm not super concerned with Louisville. They dropped two out of three to number twelve team Georgia Tech. It wasn't a great series for Louisville, but I'm not uber concerned about them. They got good starters. They've got good bats. I think they're going to be just fine. They played a tough team. They lost the series. And then Arkansas, Vandy, Florida, Ole Miss, they took care of their business. Florida dropped a midweek to FAU, but neither here nor there. Those those top teams in that SEC, they're going to be just fine. They can lose two out of three and then come back the next weekend and win three. And then the next weekend they win three. The next weekend they win three. They're, it's an unstoppable force meets a movable object. Like they're going to be just fine. All of those top teams, not really concerned with the top ten. Yeah, I think I think going going forward, we're going to see some some jockeying in the positions. But just with every team having a super team, it's going to be re- interesting once conference play comes about of how teams and and managers are going to to uh, manage the game because they have so much talent on these rosters. I just can't get over that. It's just a uh, a, a, it's literally a super roster. And so these teams are going to uh, – obviously there's going to be COVID concerns with, with the college kids and the athletics in the athletic department. But to figure out the, the optimal lineup, the first one that does that, you know, you're going to be – you're going to be hosting a regional hosting a super once you figure that out. Um, I think uh, Virginia uh, dropping two is is something we, we have to keep our eyes on. Uh, I, I think they're, they're – like that 15, 16, depending on what ranking you're looking at. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on them because losing, losing too early on is, is never great. But other than that, I think going into the to next week, the, the top 25 is kind of going to remain the same. We'll probably see Santa Barbara drop out of the top 10. Uh, we'll see LSU drop a bit. We'll see Louisville drop a bit. Um, I'm really interested to see the fringe teams that are, are flirting outside the top 25 who enters, who enters in. And I'm not gonna sit here and get lost in the weeds because I don't I don't know who those French teams are right now. Uh, we'll see who gets those votes and who who enters the top 25 next week, and we can break those break I'm, break down those teams. And I'm excited of that um, to get some new blood in here and, and see what's going on. One last thing, Des, when you talk on that uh, Texas Houston series, it was quite the series this past weekend over in H Town. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Friday night, you had Ty Madden do Ty Madden things, and that's literally throw a complete game shutout, 14, 14 Ks uh, in a 1-0 game. And then U of H walking off game two and extra innings, and they were celebrating like they were going to uh, Omaha. And then Texas did what Texas does in, in game three, and that's just kind of um, outwill them. And that's what you kind of have to do in the championship rounds. You know, uh, Shout out to U of H for, for pushing Texas, uh, for both teams actually getting this series um, for the first time, I think I saw a tweet the first time since 2013, they were playing a regular season uh, series in Houston. So, uh, that was really cool to see. I wish, I wish we could have gone. I wish we could have gone down there and, and seen, uh, Whitting and his boys and, and Pierce and his boys. And, but obviously with COVID going on, we, we couldn't, but it was still good baseball. I think I, I previewed it. I was like, Hey, I, I will see U of H again in the regional. I, I honestly think, It'll, Texas and U of H will be in the same regional because um, U of H has, a, has some has some dogs on that team. Yeah, Houston's been hitting a lot of home runs in that big okay. old ballpark too. They got some dogs down there just hitting tanks. 
and the ball mm-hmm. doesn't fly out there. Like you, it, I've, I've played summer league ball games down there. It doesn't fly. I may just need to hit the, you know, the bench press a lot, a lot more, but the ball doesn't fly and these boys are making it look easy. So I'm excited to see U of H. Uh, I, I think they could be a, a French top 25 team if they, if they get rolling and stay hot. So they, I mean, they push Texas and Texas, uh, obviously he's 19 in the country after a rough, <laughs> rough opening weekend up in, uh, in Arlington, but uh, yeah, that, that first think, day in Arlington, Ty Madden. I, I don't, I don't know what all the hype was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ty Madden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mississippi State got to him pretty early. Put up four runs on him. You know. But what? then the next two weeks, I will say Ty Madden has been the absolute best pitcher on Friday night across the country. He's throwing gems. He's twenty something plus strikeouts. A complete game shutout. He th- I think he threw for seven and eleven Ks the weekend before. The dude's a stud. He just had a bad opening weekend, and that happens to people. That's nothing on time Madden there. He's a, an absolute stud. Yeah, it just happened to be against your Mississippi State Bulldogs. It's, it's a real shame. You hate to see that. <laughs> um, all right, we'll uh, we'll pick it up here on on the on the next segment. Um, we're gonna jump into uh, some of the superstars we thought this this week we wanted to highlight and then preview next week. So, uh, you guys, stay put. Welcome back to the Road to Omaha podcast on the Apollo Media Podcast Network. I'm here with Dez, and we're going to go over what we think is going to be standing out next week and also our top performers of this past weekend through March 7th. So, Dez, who you got as your two guys that stood out above the rest this past weekend in college baseball? Yeah, we talked about it last segment. Obviously, Ty Madden's my, my first guy. I'm putting my... Uncle Dez stamp of approval on nine innings pitch, 14 strikeouts, complete game shutout and a, and a win on Friday night. And the Jack Leiter, five inning pitch, 11 Ks, three walks. I mean, you could literally put him. I mean, the, you could put any Vandy player in, in this segment. It, they're just, they're just dudes. They're just dudes. They, they hit the ball a country mile and they throw it 125 miles an hour. Um, I think I tweeted it today. I don't think anyone's going to beat them. Like, no offense to Arkansas, who's playing really good baseball, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, like any of the teams in the top four. I just think Vanderbilt is a wagon, just an absolute wagon. So my two guys, uh, Lider and and Madden, those are the the guys that I I'm putting my my stamp on for for week three. Yeah, like he said, Vandy's Vandy's got some dudes on the bump. They can score one run and they'll beat you almost every time. It's, it's not going to matter because Leiter and Kumar Rocker, those guys are insane. They're head and shoulders above the rest. Kumar Rocker came in two years ago and threw a no-hitter in the in the playoffs, like in postseason or whatever. Like, they're scary. They're absolutely horrifying. When they come to Mississippi State and when Mississippi State has to go to them, I am absolutely horrified of how bad it is going to be. It's not like, oh, maybe we'll get one. Maybe, maybe we'll take the series, go two and one. No, I'm horrified of how bad it is going to be. Is it going to be 11 to nothing? Is it going to be three to nothing? And we're going to lose on a three run home run in the ninth inning. Like how, how bad is it going to hurt that weekend? So Vanderbilt, Leiter, all those guys, they're scary, dude. I'm yeah. I'm horrified. I think Leiter and Rocker, I, I tweeted, I was like, this is the closest that we've seen since Garrett Cole and, and Bauer at UCLA. Like these two guys are for sure top, top three picks. Like, 
it's gonna one's gonna be first drafted overall. The second is gonna be second or third. I mean, these guys are absolute monsters, and we're seeing it on like I think pitching ninjas feet is just literally them two carving carving guys up, and it's pretty damn cool to see. Even though I was a hitter, like to see these kids tote the rock like that, I mean, it's it's special to see this kind of talent. No, you definitely marvel at what they're able to do, especially when pitching ninja puts their change up over their fastball and their the change up's like 93 and then the fastball's 102. Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do when those guys are throwing the ball that fast? You can't even see it. It's a split second. Even as a really good hitter, it's hard to see 102 miles an hour. So those guys are nuts and they're going to be killing it this season. And it's, I just don't want to get to the regionals or super regionals and have to verse Vandy. That's all I'm praying for is just avoid Vandy until you get to Omaha and see what the hell happens. Yeah, Cause anything can happen in Omaha. But when you got those two guys, it's you you sleep a lot better at night as a coach or a fan of Vandy. oh absolutely corbin's got to be just sitting there just like licking his chops when he, he pencils them in you know every friday actually sunday friday sunday um i mean that's that's life is easy as a coach when you have two horses like that yeah and then for my two picks i'm gonna go with hometown bias whatever you want to call it i'm going with jackson fristo he's a freshman kid it's his third ever start he came in and had to verse uh he played his first ever game against texas tech in arlington he threw a good game not a great game four innings no hits but he hit a lot of hitters and he walked a few batters and whatnot today he came in and this kent state team is pretty decent they they're averaging eight runs a game and they're coming in they're hot after saturday night win against mississippi state in the dude and this kid came out throwing gas he's throwing 95 to 97 He's blowing things by people. His changeup started working. His curveball was killing him because he would go from 97 and he'd bring it right back down to 72 and drop into 12-6. It was, it was pretty <laughs> nasty. And he threw six innings today, eight strikeouts. So it's not as impressive as Ty Madden, but it was a perfect six innings. Perfect six innings from a weekend where Mississippi State pitchers were not very good starting it out. So shout out to Jackson Fristo, freshman, six innings pitch. Perfect. And then my number two guy is actually going to be a lot of guys. It's going to be a whole team, actually. So you see Santa Barbara, pretty good. Omaha pick for a lot of journalists out there and whatnot. They're at home and they're playing Oregon. The men of Oregon came in and beat some ass. They swept UC Santa Barbara, and it wasn't particularly close. Like, they, they beat them pretty handily the whole weekend. So my number two star of the week, whatever you want to call it, the men of Oregon, that Oregon baseball team in and whoop some ass. So yeah. they're much more deserving of a lot of people in the country of a lot of recognition. So hopefully we see them in the top 25 next week. I mean, if you win three games against the number seven team, I think you should at least get some votes. So yeah, you want baseball, sure. baseball, America, whoever's doing all these rankings. I don't really know how it works. That's another thing we got to fix in college baseball is the ranking system. Let's have one. Yeah, it's so convoluted like every 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 week you're just like i don't even know who's ranked what because it's just so confusing yeah all weekend on the um broadcast from mississippi state it says number two next to their name yeah d1 baseball has them number three i like d1 baseball so i kind of go off of what they put down i trust them they're a lot of good journalists and everything they put a lot of time and effort into that top 25 but all these top 25s are all over the place, especially preseason rankings. That just really gets me going. Mississippi State's number 15 here, and they're number three over here. 
you don't know what to believe until they start playing baseball anyway. So it doesn't really matter until they get to Omaha, but the ranking system, can we find one like the college football playoff? We know that's the one that matters. Yeah. You can have the AP, you can have the coaches. So you can have four polls, but have one that matters because none of them matter. Right. It's almost like, uh, like there's no rules and nothing, nothing exists. Like it's just a, whose line is it anyways, when it comes to polls, like, yeah, you're number one in the country this week. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Oregon. I mean, like you said, anytime you go on the road and you you put up like a bazillion runs on the number seven team in the country, like, yeah, you're gonna get a stamp of approval from us in, in our segment for sure. Pretty good. Um, looking into uh, this upcoming week, we have some actually really interesting matchups. Um, you you want to touch base and, and and highlight some of the ones you're looking at? Yeah. So the. Boston College Louisville series is one that's catching my eye. Louisville's coming off of going one and two against a really good Georgia Tech team. They hit a few bombs on them and they they played well against Louisville. And Louisville's a good team. They were in the uh, Omaha back in 2019 when we had last had Omaha. But Louisville's a really good team. But Boston College they ran into some COVID issues um, this past week, so they ended up having to go to Auburn. Auburn's a good team. They're in the SEC. They've got good talent. They're not always the top of the SEC, but they were also in Omaha two years ago. A lot of those guys are still there. They're a yeah. good team. And they came into Auburn and they won two out of three. They took that series. And today, Sunday, March 7th, they're down nine to one in the ninth inning. Nine to one. But it was nine, it was nine to nine at the end of the ninth inning like that. And it was in the top of the ninth innings. They went to extras and then they scored two more. So they scored 10 in two innings and beat Auburn to win the rubber match. It's, it was a great series for Boston college. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see if Boston college can keep it rolling and Louisville starts going on the downhill slide, or are they going to bounce back and beat up on some Boston college golden Eagles? I don't know. It looks like a good series for me. Yeah. Um, the, the matchup, obviously I'm staying with my homerism, uh, Texas is at home and South Carolina comes into town. So we have a, a number 14 South Carolina coming into Austin against number 19 Texas. Uh, I think that's going to be a dogfight, absolute dogfight. South Carolina has dudes. Uh, Texas hasn't really figured out offensively this year. Obviously, with when you have your ace going nine innings, 14 Ks, and has to go complete game shutout, uh, it works, but you don't really want that every, every week. You like some offense there to help out your ace, but um should be a very interesting series because texas against the sec to start off the season was not great so hopefully uh they're not oh and six for the sec because that's not going to be great for this podcast because i already feel the heat already in this seat um but i think it'll be good baseball there there in austin this weekend yeah for sure south carolina looks to be up on that up and up like they were in back in the early 2010s they went back-to-back national titles back in what to 2011 Jackie bradley days baby 2012 andrew bentendi like all those guys there there's a lot of studs that have come out of south carolina but they haven't been good the last the last few years so it's nice to see the gamecocks back in and hitting dingers and they got that strength coach in there i don't know what he's been doing those dudes biceps are <laughs> enormous they hit tanks they they hit the ball really far although they only Sun's scored one run on sunday texas and south carolina is going to be a really good series this upcoming weekend i think yeah and to stay on the the theme of big 12 sec i think this is a really interesting matchup oklahoma state 
uh, Vandy. Obviously, we know what Vandy does. If you're tuning in and you, you love college baseball, you know they're a juggernaut. But Oklahoma State is quietly putting a really good non-conference uh, record together. Uh, they went 2 on one this weekend. Haven't really played anyone, so I think it's a, it's a show-me weekend for Oklahoma State. But if, if they even squeak one against Vandy, they may be for real in the Big 12, which is going to be really interesting. Uh, so we have that matchup, and I think we're going to be spoiled with some, with some good baseball. Yeah, like you said, Oklahoma State, they're kind of undefeated. They're kind of not. They had a tie today and went 4-4, four, four and four, I guess, today, and they ended the game after seven innings, I believe, due to the travel curfew. So they had to get out of the stadium and get home. And Oklahoma State – being 10 0, it sounds nice, 9 0 1 1, whatever you want to say, but they haven't really played anyone. It's not like, and also Vandy hasn't really played anyone either. They they won uh, the series two and one against Georgia State, and Georgia State has come in and beat a lot of good teams. So Georgia State might be for real, but Vandy also hasn't played anyone. So we're going to figure out who's for real this upcoming uh, weekend with Vanderbilt and Oklahoma State, but. That should be a real good uh, game and hopefully go one and one in the first two days so we can get a rubber match on Sunday. Those are always the best. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think with the uh, with ESPN Plus blasting all the games, we're going to be spoiled with uh, watching good baseball. So I'm excited for these matchups. Obviously, these are the three three series that we're highlighting. There's going to be other good games throughout the weekend and we'll, you know, blast out some home run moon shots and and the pitchers you know going complete game shutouts on on our twitter feed uh you could follow us at the road to omaha pod i believe correct yep yep that follow us there uh, and at apollo hou for you know all the highlights and and all the information stony um any other things you want to touch on before we wrap up here i'm just happy that baseball and college baseball is getting some recognition finally and regardless of who it comes from whether it's coming from us it's coming from d1 baseball it's coming from 11.7 podcast i don't care where you're getting it from i'm just glad that people are consuming college baseball content because it is one of my favorite sports to watch if not my favorite because it's mass chaos it's a lot like college basketball where you don't know what's going to happen every weekend like vanderbilt you can probably just kind of count on them to be really good and steady the whole season but Past that, I don't know. Like, Arkansas could go 0-3 next week, and we have no idea. It's just chaos. The first three weeks have been absolute mass chaos. There's things burning to the ground. There's teams freaking out. They don't know what they're going to do. Texas looked like they were going to be on the fringe if they had lost the series, and now they are they came out of that series against Houston 2-1. So it's just a lot of fun getting to watch college baseball. And like Des said, Followed at the road, uh, the road to Omaha pod on Twitter. We're going to be putting out every highlight we can find of just tanks and strikeouts and just the struts off the mounds from all these pitchers. They're going crazy this weekend. They're going to go crazy next weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun to keep up with the whole season and talk with Des every weekend about everything. Absolutely, bro. I'm super excited. Um, I'm, I'm, really pumped to see where where we go and how we continue to grow with Apollo and, and, and the road to Omaha as uh, the teams make their way on on their way to Omaha as well. I think we're going to rotate some people in. We have a lot of talented guys as well. I mean, we got Cam, we got Dalton, who represents Louisville. You got Ben, who's a big Texas fan. You got someone on Astros Twitter, one of one of my favorite followers, Ephus Tosser, who just 
consumes college baseball. He knows every single player, every single stat. The dude's a genius. We're gonna get him on the pod as well. Uh, I'm just, I'm just excited. Like you said, baseball's back. Um, we're, we're here. It's, it's sports. It's baseball. We're coming out of this dark time, and, and we get to consume all this. And I'm just, uh, super, super pumped. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. There's gonna be a lot of content coming y'all's way. So. As always, from me, Stoney, and Des, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Road to Omaha podcast on Apollo Media Podcast Network.